Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and acknowledge listeners in the city of Fairmont, West Virginia. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth. It is January 21st, 2022. Now, we're going to talk about something that is rather disturbing. Well, first I'm going to read you this email, then we'll get to that topic. I can't believe what happened. I mean, my name is Mike, and I've never been faced with a situation like this before. I met a girl on Plenty of Fish about six weeks ago. She and I have been kicking it. I go over to her place, she comes over to mine, we go out dancing, we have a good time. We recently started talking about possibly moving in with each other. Well, all of that was talk. Six weeks into the relationship, she decides to have sex with me. She goes over to my place. Everything is really going well. Music's right. Had a nice meal. Had Netflix on. We were ready for the evening. She came over in a nice dress that she was able to take off with nothing else under it. I was in heaven. We went back to my bedroom, and the sex was awesome. I mean, really awesome. She was so good, she had me sucking my thumb like a child. She went into the bathroom, and I noticed she had been in there for a pretty good long time. I knocked on the door and asked if she was okay. I didn't hear anything. A couple of seconds later, I heard a thud. I frantically opened the door. She was laid face down, naked on the floor. I saw that she was still breathing and still conscious. And she said that she had a a lightheaded incident. I wasn't too particular about hearing that. I was more inclined to call the police. She begged me not to call 911. I was really tempted, but she said she'd be okay. She just had to deal with some things. As I looked down her body, I saw what the problem was. It was at her buttocks. I then took out some gloves and removed certain objects from her. Apparently, she was so constipated that she passed out. Ever since then, she hasn't spoken to me. She avoids me like a plague. I've gone to her job, I've gone to her home. 
nothing. I'm just wondering, is she gone? I really liked her. She was really a good woman. And these things happen, but I never got a chance to explain myself to her. God, I think she's too embarrassed. Any idea as to how, in some way, I can get through to her? I guess I need closure, not her. Mike, she's totally embarrassed. Totally embarrassed. You're not the first guy that wrote in on something like this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really something that she probably cannot forgive herself for happening. I would say just go on with your life. And if she happens to show up again, okay. But it's doubtful. This was just too embarrassing. And people don't think about these things. I was going on a date with a woman one time in Los Angeles, right off of the Tierra, not Tierra area. Went to pick her up, and when I got there, police and paramedics were there in the fire truck. And I was like, oh my goodness, what happened? Daughter's out in the front yard crying. What would happen? The lady I was going to take out, the young lady's mother, was fixing her hair. She just got out of the shower for a date. She fell dead of a heart attack. When I first met her, she was a real thick, voluptuous woman, very attractive, wonderful personality. But the problem for her was that she was addicted to fried foods. When I met her, she had a whole plate of fried chicken, french fries, etc., etc. And at the time, I didn't know that her health was in jeopardy. And we hit it off, and her best friend made sure she got my number and everything so that the lady was kind of skeptical at first. And her best friend was like, give him a chance. And she's like, I don't know. I don't want to be disappointed. We talked on the phone for a while. Then it came down to our date. First date went well. Second date, that's when that occurred. Didn't find out later, much later. She was dealing with diabetes, high blood pressure, and a lot of other ailments based on her diet. For a while there, I became very conscious about that. But being me, I wanted people to be themselves. I went on another date years later. Noticed this lady, and many of you know, I like women that have a larger 
taller frame. And she was there, wanted to order a sandwich. Jokingly, I said, you did not get that damn big by eating a salad. And she looked at me and she says, how dare you? I said, okay, you want the salad? I knew better. She blew through that salad within two seconds. <laughs> then she started sheepishly looking at the menu again. And she ordered baked salmon. And I told her, you needed to have gotten what you wanted. I understand you're conscious about things, but she was trying to eat healthy, so I respected that. But I knew a salad was not going to be sufficient. I think as long as you're healthy, based on what you get from your doctor, you're okay. But when you go against that, that's when you run into that gray area. This is when people start to say, well, damn, you don't give a damn about yourself then. And you have to watch that. Because when you start abusing yourself, when you start getting to a point where you start not caring about yourself, that person's looking at the work they'd have to put in in order to get you to start caring about yourself and that's a lot of work. So at least you want to have that aspect of your life together. It's just something to think about, folks. Nothing difficult. You just got to start loving yourself, and some of you don't. The crazy thing that I wanted to talk about was this, uh, I was reading this article from one of the older newspapers from the 1930s, what they had online. This doctor had a female patient that came in. She was gorgeous, very attractive. He instantly fell in love with this woman. However, she had a terminal disease. He tried to spend as much time with her, scheduling her appointments more frequently than other patients. And of course, that was against all of the rules of ethics because he wanted to see her. And finally, he asked her out to dinner. And she agreed. He had serious problems because he saw her state of health decline. Eventually this woman passed away. He was a broken man. This man literally went out to her gravesite, dug her body up, and brought her home. As the body deteriorated, he took wires to connect her bones together. Now this is a true situation. And the way he got caught, someone from the street saw him dancing with this corpse 
in this window. That's very extreme. But some people love hard. That's about the hardest of love situation I've ever heard of. But the interesting thing is, there are people out there without going to a grave and digging someone up will love you till the end. I had a female friend of mine years ago and we had a mutual friend, a friend of mine who used to play basketball with us. His jump shot was terrible. He was good with assists, but his jump shot, his jump shot sucked. He would shoot the ball and then jump after he shot it. I never figured that out. Anyway, she expressed an interest in him. Well, at the time he had a girlfriend. They were together for several years. Eventually they married. This friend of mine literally put her life on hold for him. Constantly telling me from time to time, one of these days he's gonna be free and he'll be mine. She literally held her life up for him for years. They were married for a total of six years. When they divorced, she was right there, Johnny on the spot. My turn, I'm next. Just like she was playing in a basketball game. And my friend, he liked her, but not in that kind of way. And he passed her over for another woman. She was crushed. Most women would have walked away because they have so many choices in men. She was fixated on him. Yeah, she went out with other guys along the way, but she would never allow herself to get serious about them. Most of the guys just got used for dinner and that was it. She wasn't intimate with them. Holding out, waiting for him. He broke up with the next girl he was with after about maybe a few months. Again, Johnny on the spot. Got rejected once more. She finally came over to his apartment in tears, asking him what could she do to be in his life as his woman. He said, nothing. I don't see you as a girlfriend. I see you as a friend. That really scarred her for a very long time. It was a deep cut for her. And he didn't realize how deep that cut went of rejecting her. And he asked me at one point, do you think I should go and start dating her? I said, no, because if you do that, one thing, your heart won't be into it. The next thing is her expectations would be set where she would literally shut you down. No friends, no nothing, no life. You'd be isolated. 
And he thought about it and he said, you know, you're right. Probably would be. I said, I don't think that would be a good idea. He agreed. She eventually found someone else and married. Still resentful for all those years she had waited, marked time in her life for him. But the sad truth is, if he ever told her yes, no matter where she was, she would dump that relationship in a heartbeat to be with him. Not because he's got it like that. It's because she's still in love like that. More in a moment, folks. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and acknowledge listeners in the communities of Hesse, North Rhine Valley, Westphalia, and Thuringia, Germany. Hi everyone, Johnson here, Romantic Truth. It is January 21st, 2022, and all's well. Now, for those of you who don't know, I was just looking at um, some of the aspects of the Lindley um, Rennick case there in Missouri. Now, for those of you who don't uh, recall this case, it came down to a woman who was married to a snake handler. And apparently he was very popular on TikTok and other platforms and he was well-renowned. He was going to sell this business for about $1.2 million. He had a $1 million life insurance policy on him. Well, his wife took it upon herself to want the life insurance policy money. At first, she attempted to poison this gentleman. That didn't work. Then she got with her ex-boyfriend and coaxed him into killing him, shooting him to death. The gentleman was only 29 years of age. Life was just starting. Now, throughout this process, she had a spa, and she had a co-worker. And she and his co-worker plotted. They actually met with the boyfriend in order to try to get him to do the dastardly deed. The co-worker decided to turn on her to save her own skin and not get any jail time. Now that I have um, issues within itself because it definitely was a conspiracy. Well, the jury came back with a verdict of 13 years for the first charge which is the equivalent of manslaughter in California roughly and then came up with three years for criminal it was criminal activities with a firearm or something of that sort 
So a total of 16 years. Now, January 24th, just three days from now, it's up to the judge to sentence her. The problem for many people is that they felt as though she didn't get enough time for a crime. I remember watching the case. She had uh, her defense attorneys came out and asked for leniency and mercy. I look at several junctures along the way where leniency and mercy could have been extended to her husband. The evil thought of her just going for the insurance money. She could have divorced him, separated from him, moved away to another city. All these things were at her disposal. And her justification for not divorcing him was she didn't want him to have custody of the children. So she thought this was an easier option. She had mercy that she could have extended to this man well before she plotted to poison him. She had mercy to extend to this man before that gentleman went in and pulled the trigger on her husband. So she had a lot of opportunities in order to extend mercy. Now I want you to think about it. A judge and jury of three people. The boyfriend. The wife. And the co-worker. A consensus. And yet, she asked for mercy from 12 jurors. They can't be prejudicial. They can't be biased. They can't have fixed opinions. They can't even read about the case. Where was his mercy? Where was the deliberations between the three of them? She has the benefit of having 12 objective people that chose her fate. This man only had three people with a bias and with an agenda in regards to his fate. Folks, when I'm telling you about situations like this, this is what happens when you marry someone who's materialistic. This is what happens when you marry someone selfish. This is what happens when you marry someone who only has an agenda, theirs, going forward in a relationship. A lot of you men out there don't think about this. I'll admit, Ms. Rennick was very attractive. However, we have to come to some real hard facts. 
If you're a man with a woman and she has an agenda and it's all about her and it's all about materialism and money, you don't know what the boundaries are. You're putting yourself in danger. You're putting yourself in a situation where you don't know what will happen to you the next day, hour, or minute when it comes down to that individual that's fixated not on you, not on your love, no. Mm -mm. All about the money. All about their agenda. A lot of women don't get it. If their poor and that poverty resonates from them, and the only thing they're talking about is materialism, they wonder why they're still single. They wonder why men don't really take them seriously. It has a lot to do with the potential of falling into a situation like this. That is why. Men are deathly afraid of a situation like that. Some of you ladies may have run into a situation similar. One thing's for sure. What you have is more important than who you are. Some of you listening to me right now are in that same predicament and don't want to admit it. Know damn well if you get sick, partner's gone. You could be a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Any complications in a relationship, they're running for the hills and saying, well, you fix it and I'll be back. You write in about this same particular problem. Some of you know you can't trust your partner. You got to double check. You got to check on them. You got to check their phones. You got to check the odometer on the car. You have to call to verify that they showed up for work when they said they would. At that point, you don't have a relationship. You're their manager. That can be very tiring over time. What I'm telling you people is this. One of the worst things you could possibly do is be so infatuated with a person based on the physical attributes and what they have and lose focus of the premise why they're your partner in the first place. It would be nice to have a pristine world where everybody had the same moral values and judgment, the same agenda for the good. But see, as I always tell you, fairness and equality comes from us as human beings. Life can care less about it. Meaning, the people that live that life can care less as well. So you have to be more vigilant, more understanding, and really look at this in the process of vetting a potential partner. 
when it's all about them and never about the two of you, that's a problem. Some of you men are chained to a desk for 30 years, paying mortgages, paying credit card bills, paying for trips, and you never get a break. Some of you are even on allowances. Make one slip up in the checkbook, she takes the checkbook, now she's running the show. As soon as you ask a question about where did those shoes come from at $500 a pair, you got an argument. You get your allowance of 50 to 80 bucks a week, if you're lucky. Now, mind you, throughout this woman's marriage, she had affairs on him. So, in many ways, he was inadequate. At 29 years of age, he was a young man. So, just because that person is putting you on a pedestal as to catch me out does not necessarily mean that you've won them over. It's difficult being in a relationship. It's difficult retaining them. It's difficult vetting people in order to get into the right situation. It's difficult disseminating their character, dealing with their behavior, and coping with their situation. And I haven't said anything about the X factor, that unknown that you have to deal with, with that person. They may lay it out in the beginning or they may wait until later on after you're in the relationship and then hit you with the truth about something historically in their past or something they've concealed while they're dealing with you. One of the biggest threats to any relationship is deception. And deception can be committed through a lie. It can be committed through omission. Because, see, some people don't consider omission lying. They don't, conce- they don't see anything wrong with omitting things. But there is a problem with it. We have to come to grips sometimes with our own realities, the things that we set up for ourselves. And we have to look what's missing inside of us that causes us to do these things. A lot of people don't like to look introspectively. They rather focus on what's going on ahead of them. They get with the person, they can't use that person, That person was a jerk. That person was cheap. That person was a dusty. Give it any kind of term you want. That's so you can qualify yourself not being with that person. Especially if they figured you out with your agenda. See, the thing you have to understand about this whole concept of dating and relationships is built on, at some point, integrity and trust. Two words. 
Women use the word honesty in the beginning. You look at any profile on any dating site. With a woman, you're going to see honesty in there somewhere. Rarely do you see this in men's uh, profile. Now, they're in there, but you don't see them that often. And why is this? It's because honesty is subjective. True enough, some people would say trust and integrity are subjective. But with integrity, it's about doing the right thing when no one else is looking. It's about being accountable and taking responsibility for indiscretions, for wrongs. Deceptive people don't like taking on that responsibility. So they can ask for honesty. Because what they're doing is they're going into the relationship with a skew. My expectations of you are higher than those that you expect of me. I look for honesty. You have to prove that you're honest. The reason being, I ask for it first. During the vetting process in a relationship, you want to ensure that when you hear that person talk about your material things and less about you, about what you do for a living, how much money you make, where you live, what kind of car you drive, when they tell you that they only drive in BMWs or ride in Mercedes, that gives you an indication of where that relationship is going to go in the future. And the interesting thing is, a lot of the people with these agendas will always tell you not to judge them. That's because they've done wrong. And they've been accustomed to doing it. And they don't want to be reminded of what they do on a regular basis is wrong. So they go forward with it. You call them out on it, they immediately go to victimhood. You're picking on me. You're pointing the finger at me. And what is the whole comeback they always use when nobody's perfect? Something that's very obvious because that's all they have. Because they're used to being with people who are far subpar. Thank you for listening, folks. All right, now let's talk about something that's happening a lot on dating sites. Folks, people are posting their location as being somewhere in the States, for instance. And then in the bios, they're saying, well, I originally live in, we'll say Nairobi. Or I originally live in Sydney, Australia. Or I'm in Berlin, Germany. But on their profile, they may say they're in a city like Las Vegas or somewhere like that. 
I would highly recommend you do not respond to those people. Think about it for a moment. If someone is lying to you about where they're located, what other kind of lies can they tell besides that? I tell you, deception is the biggest problem when it comes to relationships. Detecting it and getting around it, avoiding it. Because a lot of people are not really happy with their situation or themselves. And so therefore they try to project that insecurity onto you by lying to you. Many of you have been catfished. You've written in about this. Someone sent you a picture. You go, you meet them in person. They look nothing like the photo. Picture was taken maybe 15 years earlier. And now you're dealing with this. See, here's the thing with me and photos. If I see a person's photo and it's truly them, whether it was 10 years prior, 15 years prior, five years prior, it's them. That's all that concerns me. Yeah, they may have changed, they may have aged, but at least that is a representation of who they are. The worst thing in the world is for a person to go in and just wholeheartedly use someone else's picture in the profile. Now, as I told you, a lot of people are out there scamming. A lot of people are out there trying to figure out a way to be more marketable. People lying about their location in order to have an opportunity to get with someone. Because see, what they try to do is this. Take for instance, yeah, they may live thousands of miles away. They feel as though they can win you over with the conversation. Folks, don't fall for that bullshit, really. That person didn't come to you honest in the first place. Remember, women always ask for honesty, right? But they don't hold themselves to the same standards a lot of time. This is what you have to watch for. And ladies, just for you to know, men hate hypocrisy. Once we see it, we drop you down. It's just like having a bad credit score. You go from someone that could have been a potential girlfriend, possibly wife, who knows, down to somebody that just may want to screw. That's the way it happens. And a lot of you ladies don't understand that, and that's the reason why you wind up going in that circular firing squad. You get with the guy, and all that guy wants to do is to sleep with you. If you had represented yourself more honestly, you would have had a better shot at the guy. Now, here's another thing, too, that you have to look at. Everybody does not want you. I don't give a damn how fine you are, how attractive you are. They do not want you. And you have to understand that. Not everybody is going to want you because you have a big ass, big titties, the physical attributes. That's not always the case. People look for different things besides that, besides the obvious. You know, when I was out on the dating scene, one thing that I used to always look at, when, I, when a woman came to me and she was trying to use her body as the lead, I already devalued her. I wasn't disrespectful, but as far as I was concerned, as I saw her, she was nothing more than an arm piece. She was nothing more than somebody I'd sleep with. She was nothing more 
than that. If she came across with her body or materialism, those were the two things I put her in those two categories. She was pigeonholed there, didn't realize. Men look for different things. Now, most women go for the obvious. Only thing you have to do is be attractive and the man will accept everything associated with the attractiveness. Good, bad, or indifferent. Sorry, I'm not that way. I'm the kind of guy that reads the instructions on something before I get involved with fixing it or building it. It has to make sense. It has to add up. I don't give excuses for inconsistencies. And once again, fellas, I will tell you, when you hear don't judge me, and they've lied to you already, they've deceived you already, you have to judge them. We make a judgment on everything we do in life. What we're gonna eat today, the clothes we're gonna wear, where we live, all these are judgments. See, a person who's doing some messed up stuff will always tell you don't judge them because they're comfortable doing messed up things. And that's the way it stays. That's their comfort zone. How dare you try to fix me? How dare you try to correct me? That's the way they look at it. They look at it as, as, as an encroachment on who they are. And it's not when you call things out. They've heard it before. That's the reason why they become so defensive. You're not trying to shame them or make them look bad. No, a lot of women do that with men. As men, we call things out as we see them. Now, you hear a lot of people talk about how down to earth they are, how real they are, whatever the hell that means. But you gotta remember, real is only in their perspective and their reality. When you hear someone say, this is my truth, that is a red flag. Because see, their truth can be based on fantasy, based on aspirations, based on anything but the reality and the truth and the facts. Big distinction there. It's about the way they feel. Hell, I feel like I'm a millionaire every day. But am I? No. Do I wake up in the morning and slap the foolishness out of me? Yes, I do. Every day I look in the mirror. Because the reality of it is, I am who I am. Nothing better, nothing less. And a lot of people can't do that. Because they don't want to. Instead, they had to figure out some kind of way of putting themselves above others, making themselves feel better. Instead of looking at some of the accomplishments that they have done in their lives, that's what builds your character, your self-esteem. That's what builds your confidence. It's not cutting other people down. That does nothing. But what that does is underscore your insecurity and your shortcomings. 
We all have shortcomings in some way. We don't want to admit them, but we have them. Because the whole thing we do in life, we try to protect ourselves from other people figuring out our vulnerabilities. Even in relationships, people do that. And unfortunately, many of those relationships are not based on substance because they're still being superficial. The one thing to keep in mind when it comes down to dating, during that period of time, you're making an assessment, a decision. People will spend more money and more time at a car dealership trying to haggle over an interest rate than they would thinking about someone who could be in their lives. They could have an impact on that very car that they're buying. They get married, who knows? It could be a situation where that car is the only thing that person has left after the divorce whether you're a man or a woman. These are things we have to consider and really think about. But see, that's the thing about relationships. A lot of people don't like to think, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. They won't love to prevail because they look at relationships, they look at dating as entertainment. And to some degree it is. But in others, it's not. We look for a partner that we could be with and enjoy. We try to find someone that is into us and we're into them. Or we could communicate and be considerate of each other. And you know, it's really funny. Uh, Rosalind wrote me out of uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, talking about I'm just going to read it to you here. I've listened to your podcast. Some of the things you say make sense. Others I question. One thing that I will say, though, is this. I don't agree with you on most of the stuff you talk about. After all, I will admit it. I'm one perfect woman at 40. I have no children. All my bills are paid. I have no debt. I have a home that's paid for. I have a car that's paid for. So the men that I come, woof, I'm going to read it. The men that I come across in life are nothing more than lowlifes. I'm sick of it. They didn't do something with their lives and therefore they expect me to lower my standards for them. Who do they think they are? I know you're giving these men false hope about one day finding a woman of my caliber. Tell them I'm out of reach. Women like me don't deal with the lowlifes. We don't even deal with men who make as much money as we do. The reason being, it's always a competition. I always want a man that's doing better than I am. And that way, if I need to take half of his money during a divorce, so be it. I don't see what the problem is with that. Maybe one of these days, you'll teach these young boys about doing the right thing, taking care of a woman. After all, I didn't get my wealth by myself. Boyfriends helped along the way. Why don't you address that subject? 
I won't be listening to your show anymore, but in any case, I wish you the best of luck. Rosalind, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Now, ladies, someone like this. If you were a man, would you talk to someone like this? Would you date someone like this? See, here's the thing that I'm getting at. She talked about these low-life men, these low-level men. These are the men that got her where she is today. She used them to get assets she has today. She doesn't care about them. She's striving for a bigger paycheck is what she's doing. I give her kudos for honesty. She stood her ground and said what she wanted. Only a fool would enter that realm. And apparently she's still finding fools because men, for the most part, are foolish when it comes to women. As some of you ladies have to be the grown-up in the room with these guys. You know you do. The guy's getting ready to go out and spend his whole paycheck on a dinner or a date with you. And you already know that this guy really is going to have a t hard time paying his bills. And you become the voice of reason and say, look, instead of going there, let's go to Denny's. Well, I want to know, let's go to Denny's. And unfortunately, his pride is so far in the way, any lesser woman would have used him. But what that would tell a good man, this lady has integrity. This lady is very considerate. Ladies, you don't have to kill them with your beauty and your, and your shape. You can kill them with your kindness and your paws. The reason why I say paws is because, not poise, paws. Because see, you have the opportunity to take advantage of them, correct? But you're using your cesarean power and granting them mercy. As Caesar used to do, Augustus, Romulus, all those guys. Thumbs up or thumbs down, right? It didn't matter which way you went. When you rode your thumb up, the crowd cheered because you were benevolent. Because you did the right thing. Turn your thumb down. They fear you because you're the tyrant. Now, a lot of women would prefer, like Rosalind, to put the thumbs down. Well, what that does, that limits the kind of men she could talk to. Weaker men. You notice she's still trying to strive and have wealthier men be interested in her. But it's not working. And it's not working because she's so used to dealing with the lower level of men. And these are guys with low self-esteem. These are guys that are putting on a pedestal, giving everything she wants. But see, these very same guys that she's stepping on are the very same guys that would ignore an average good woman. 
she would not be engaging or entertaining enough for them. So you have some guys that actually like being dogged out by women, believe it or not. Many of you ladies know this. They'll come back. They'll be persistent. They're coming back. You've already told them no. You don't want to date them. You're not interested. They're still coming back. They're not violent. They're not assertive. They're very docile. Because they're hoping at some point that you're going to like them because that's what they're looking for is that affirmation from you. That pat on the head, that attaboy. They'll sell being your friend. Oh, they'd love that. And even if they were to go and get a partner, guess what they would do? Showcase you as if you're the best thing since sliced bread. Honey, you should be like her. Honey, you should do like her. Because that's where he is. that he gets that affirmation just like some of you ladies do when you put on the tight dresses and the high heels and you go out especially if you've been in a marriage for a very long time or relationship and your husband hasn't complimented you but you go out with your girlfriends and then all of a sudden the compliments just come in from the men and you are elated It's the same thing with men. And see, that's the difference. And so you complain about the simp. Simple, impotent male prototype. The guy that agrees with you on everything, kisses your ass whenever the opportunity arises. And you really can't stand this guy for the most part because he's not a man. He has a penis. But that's about it. But you could talk to him like a child. You could treat him like a child. And he comports himself 
to that role as second banana. And then you could have him assert himself just like his mother used to do by making him the man of the house at 12 or 13 years of age. And he feels as though he's still doing that same thing indirectly. Still trying to prove his manhood. Going out there trying to be a thug, trying to be a gangster, trying to be hardcore. Knowing damn well that if he gets in the wrong circle, he's no longer that alpha male that he claims. But instead he's that little boy still trying to prove himself. And when he gets around men that have been out there for a while, the intensity of it gets a little bit too hard for him. And he realizes, I can't go and bullshit these guys like I can bullshit my girlfriend. I can't go in here that all hardcore with these dudes because they're about it. And so it's a different type of thing. So what do these guys do? They go for soft targets in order to prove themselves. Because they know good and well. There's always somebody out there they haven't met that can eat their lunch. See, that's the thing you worry about. As a man, I never worried about the guys that I could easily beat or whatever. It's that one dude that's out there that you know good and well. Y'all crossed the wrong path. Somebody's not going home. That dude that has nothing to lose. So he goes out and tries to be macho until he runs across that dude. Now I've run across a few of them people in my lifetime. Had a friend that was like that. Had nothing to lose. He was cool, but you didn't cross him. And he wasn't going to hide and he wasn't going to run away. Nope. If he were to kill somebody, he'd stand there and wait for the cops. There was no shame in this game. He didn't care. But the interesting thing about him, he was even-tempered. He used to always tell me, if I ever get in a fight, first I get in a fight with, I'm killing I'm not beating them up. I'm not hurting them. I'm killing them. I'm going to eliminate the threat. Fortunately, on my watch, never had that problem. But a lot of the dudes that would always talk about them, alpha males and all that shit, they ain't say much about it. They ain't say much to him. Because he knew. So ladies, what I'm telling you is your boy may act like a badass. Trust me. He knows that there's something in the forest that's bigger than he is. He knows there's something in the forest crazier than he is. He knows there's something in the forest that's better than he will ever be. 
in certain communities, you have it where the rite of passage to manhood for some people is going to prison. So they feel as though because they've been to prison, they're badass. I look at it this way. The guys who went to prison and got out, I ain't so worried about them as much as the ones that are still in. Because whatever they did, it was a hell of a lot worse than what the, did, the guy did that got out. We don't think about these things. But we need to. The reason being, ladies, you're going to run into a mini man trying to prove himself. And you know it's not necessary. And he goes out there and starts a fight. You name it. That would be your relationship. You'd be always trying to stop him from beating somebody's ass or getting his ass whooped. Now there's some of you that like that drama and like that entertainment. But most women don't. They want to have a man and have a relationship and go on. If you're in a relationship with someone and they have to prove something to you, that's a red flag. That means that they don't have the confidence in themselves. They shouldn't have to do that. Everything that they're about should resonate. Plain this up. More in a moment, folks. According to the CDC, the probability of first marriage by age 18 is low for both men and women, 6% for women and 2% for men. There is a 50% probability that women will have married for the first time by the age of 25. Alright, let's talk about the topic of interracial sex. It's a big thing. Now, there are a lot of things that you have to remember with this in particular. A lot of these interracial sexual relationships are usually temporary. The majority of them are temporary. The majority of them, especially in the United States, are just experimental or exploratory sex. They're not really meaningful sex practices for the most part. It's just to go see what it's like to be with this other person of a different race, and then they go on. Of course, as we know stereotypically, black men are sought for a stereotypical long penis, right? White women are sought because of other characteristics. The beauty characteristic that is pushed in our society about blondes have more fun, etc., etc. They even have websites, black on blondes and those kind of things. You have Hispanic women do the same thing. Hispanic men do the same thing with white women, black women. But here's the thing. Through it all, a lot of people turn their nose up to these kind of situations. But they fail to realize many times when their partners cheat on them, 
they're cheating with someone of a different race. Sometimes a different race within the same gender. And they don't really think about it. Now, the problem for many people is that they don't sow their wild oats before they actually get into a committed relationship. Some have boyfriends and girlfriends of a different race. I remember one particular situation where the gentleman called the police, white guy, down in Alabama. Cop shows up, cop says, what's wrong? I want to go and file a missing persons report. And the guy's ready to go on and file the missing persons report. And he tells him, she's with her boyfriend more than likely, and I don't know where they are. Well, the woman's boyfriend was a black man. She was white. And the arrangement they had was he would babysit and he was upset that she had stayed out too long and it was his turn to go see his black girlfriend. And so she didn't show up to babysit the kids and that's why he was upset. Even though they were married, even though they had children, they still had two separate lives on the back. There are some people that are like that. Now, one thing I will tell you is that many of you Caucasian females, Hispanic females, Asian females, are put in a position where if you ever have an affair or ever cheat on your partner with someone of a different race, that has more of a visceral impact with your partner than someone of the same race. It wouldn't even be so bad if that person was of the same gender. So ladies, if you went out and had sex with another woman, the man could probably forgive you more because he feels as though there's an incentive for him to probably have a threesome with you, as opposed to you being with another man. They have this term in subcultures called being black. When a white guy wants to see his wife have sex with a black man. This has a love and hate component to it in the sense that he may cheer this man on and he may be too big for his wife. And seeing her in pain and agony actually is a turn on for him. You have others that do it covertly. You go on any of these dating sites like Tinder, Ashley Madison, and what's interesting about Ashley Madison is, even though it's made for adults that are married or in relationships to cheat, they have a hell of a lot of single women on there looking to give up that ass for that married man. And many of them engage in interracial relationships. Now, understand that the majority of these relationships are short-term. They just want to see what it's like have the experience, and move on. They could be married in a bad relationship or whatever, but it's just a booty call, and that's it. Now, a lot of people are penalized because, of course, being with someone of a different race, they will have issues with that. The girl would be no good. She'd be an outcast. 
lady I dated one time told me the reason why she was kicked out of her family was because she had a child by a black man. And so I said, well, I guess dating me is going to be a larger problem. She says, well, since I'm out of the family, it doesn't matter. Then she went on to tell me about her other family members, including her mother. They had an ongoing affair with a black man, even though her husband hated black people. She kept it on the down low. Even though we would like to have this society where we were colorblind, there are some people that are threatened by this. And what this also exemplifies is a level of insecurity. One lady wrote me. She had an affair on her husband years prior when they first got married. They were 18 or so when they got married. She slept with a Hispanic man. He never let her forget that. And when they would get mad and in an argument, he would bring up that she felt with a filthy XYZ. Now, how does he know this man was filthy? He didn't. But it was him voicing his opinion of people that were of that group. And this is the thing that people have to really look at. I had a Caucasian friend of mine that cheated on his wife with a black woman, a lady that worked with us. She was very attractive, but she didn't like black men. No, 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 she only wanted white men. And she slept with my friend, and he got so comfortable with her that he started becoming very, very uh, careless. And his wife found out about it. She would never sleep with him again. And she filed for divorce. She told him when she was filing for divorce, it wasn't the fact that he cheated. She said it's what, not who, he cheated with. When he told me in the office that day that he was thinking about being with her, I told him it would be a bad idea. One thing, dipping your pen in company E. The other thing is that she's going to be more attached to you than you're attached to her. He didn't believe me. And what he found was this woman tried to be in his life at every moment she could. She was hounding him because she was looking for social acceptance among white folks. And she discounted blacks, Hispanics, and everyone else as inferior. You have some people that have these uh, preferences, quirks, idiosyncrasies. But the one thing that I will tell you as a minority, be very careful about falling in love with these individuals that are out there just for the fact that they just want to experiment. Don't get involved with them emotionally. 
because it's going to hurt you in the end. Because they're going to go back. You're just something for them to play with right now, especially if they're in a relationship. A lot of times they will do this with a minority, men and women, just to hurt their partner. Hope they get caught. Other times they do it out of curiosity. Others do it out of a fetish. I'm a white man and I got a black woman laying here in my bed. My bed winch. Others look at it as if they're a conqueror. Some black men get with white women and think, oh, now I'm, I'm living like the white man. I've made it to this point. Some white women look at it from the standpoint, I was able to get a black man over the rest of the black women. If you ever find yourself in a relationship like this, don't take it seriously. You're just being played with like a toy. See, a person that genuinely loves you and genuinely wants a relationship with you is far beyond the superficial shades of color, the stereotypes. It's far beyond that. That person is committed. They're interested in who you are, not the packaging. I'll never forget when I was out with Monica one night. And this Sicilian guy, because Monica was half Sicilian, half Armenian, walks over and asks her straight up, why are you with this guy talking about me? Monica looked at him and just said, because I love him. I know him, I trust him, and he's my boyfriend. And as she said these things, she grabbed my hand and leaned into me and kissed me. He said, you need to be with your own. And at that point, she says, even if I were single, even if I didn't have anyone in my life, you would never be a consideration because of how insecure you are to come over here and say something like you said. He wanted to say something, but he didn't. Primarily because I was there. And he walked away. See, the problem with dating interracially is that there are some people that feel as though they're entitled to you because of your race because they may not have anyone. So they feel as though you're taking our men, you're taking our women. And that's the way they look at it. But these are the very same people nobody would want anyway, even within their own race. They have self-esteem that low. Who'd want to be bothered with that? Wearing the insecurity on their sleeve. Monica and I used to get ridiculed all the time by black women. He's with her because she's white. Used to get that a lot. And I correct him, no, it's because I'm in love with her. 
not you, and could never be. It's that envy. As if me being with this woman that's a total stranger, that's wearing her self-esteem by her ankles, would be a good match for me. That'd be a liability. Love who you love no matter what race they are or ethnicity or background. Don't let society dictate or try to pressure you into being with someone just because they are of the same race. You could be of the same race but of different philosophies and different beliefs and that puts you in the same predicament you would be with someone of a different race. People don't look at it that way. There are black Mormons. There are black Jews. There are black Muslims. Some have different philosophies altogether. Instead of swallowing and digesting what CNN and MSNBC and Fox News tells you, sometimes you need to think on your own. Many of us are treated like followers instead of independent leaders. See, the one thing you have control over, whether you like it or not, is your own destiny. But it's up to you to understand that and to go with that. Appeasing someone else, like the young lady who wrote me out of Omaha, Nebraska, who wound up marrying this guy that she couldn't stand, but the family loved so much because the family was going to benefit from her marrying him with status. Wrote me a long email in remorse for marrying this man because she was unhappy for 12 years in that marriage. And then when she chose to marry a Hispanic man, the family disowned her. But she was happy with the man she wound up being with the second time. It has nothing to do with your race. It has to do with you, the individual. This is the reason why a lot of people need to come off of this thing based on color. Start looking at content. I'm telling you, the packaging don't mean shit. It's the contents in them. You go to the store and you buy things that will have more, new, improved on the title. When you open the contents, you see it's the same old thing. But that packaging got you to buy it, didn't it? Why do you think they put cereals at eye level for children? They do that for a reason in the store. Instead of appealing to the family, the father and mother directly, they market to the kid who markets it to the parents. How would it look, an Apple Jacks commercial that's designed for 35-year-old men and women? Wouldn't go over too well, would it? The packaging would not be what you'll be interested in, correct? Well, when people look at race, 
They feel as though the packaging is something they wouldn't be interested in without looking at the contents of that package. That could be the very thing they need. Doesn't matter about your race, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, or any other being on this earth. See, what we have to realize is that we're only knowledgeable of what we know, what we've experienced. There is shit walking on this planet that we probably never seen before out there in the woods and the jungles of this world. It cracks me up when they talk about animals being extinct and then all of a sudden they find an animal that's still walking around, healthy as hell. Like that deer that they found in Vietnam that they thought was extinct years ago. Walking around just as happy as a lark. And by the way, I don't know personally how a lark is happy, but I'm just using an analogy. But you run across these things. We only know what we know. There is shit in the depths of the ocean that we haven't been able to explore yet because of one reason. We don't have the ability to do so. There are things that we can experience that we never really took into consideration too. There are people that we don't know that we see every day, don't even speak to them, walk past them, and they could be the best person for us in life. But we judge them by the packaging. And we have this misconception that all white people are wealthy in the black community sometimes. Some whites have the opinion that all blacks are struggling and poor. All Hispanics are just coming across the border trying to get citizenship. Because, see, when we have a sweeping stereotype, it makes us feel better about ourselves in the sense that we can point the finger at them and say those people. They. Them. You know, it used to crack me up when a crime was committed. The first thing that a friend would ask me is, were they black? Does it really matter? The victim suffered no matter whether they were black or white. The crime was still committed. If anything, you should be asking me, what's the condition of the victim? Instead of trying to act like some damn scorekeeper in a damn volleyball game. Or when you have a mass shooting, yeah, it must be a white man. Why do you say that? Black men can get mad. Black men can go get guns. Men of any race can go get weapons. They're disgruntled. Because we're so hung up on pegging stereotypes to make us feel better and alienate ourselves from other people. It makes us want to feel superior in some kind of way. But we have to remember every man and woman on the face of this earth is inferior to someone else based on perspectives, based on knowledge, based on things they know, and it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with what they know.
I think about it all the time. If Oppenheimer's family never migrated to the United States from Europe, we wouldn't have had the atomic bomb. And if we would have, it would have been much later. Had it not been for the Germans, we wouldn't have the space program. Had we gotten into East Germany a little bit sooner, quicker than Stalin's folks, quicker than Zucor, we would have probably had the capability as the uh, MiG jets do where they could fly backwards in the air. But we don't have that. So what we have to look at is this. At any point in our evolution as human beings, we have to remember we can still learn from each other, no matter what race, culture, creed. And I know we get really high on our laurels about the Europeans and the job they did in Africa with King Leopold going out there and still having people in 1992 killing each other because the Belgians said that the Tutsi looked more European than the Hutu. That led to that genocide. Based on an opinion. Based on a stereotype. And what we have to come to grips with is, folks, you're only on this earth for a short period of time. Try to be the happiest you can. Get someone who loves you and they can love you back. And enjoy the ride, this thing called life. Because we all are fortunate. I think it was something like a 400 trillion chance of each of us making it to that egg in order to become a human being. Those odds are worse than the lottery. And we all made it. And sometimes we are unappreciative of making it. We need to look at our perspectives and our perception of life. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening. romantic truth appreciate your listenership listeners you're invited to stream and listen to jawson's music on apple music amazon music spotify audio mac or deezer type in jausan in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by romantic truth anchor or any of its affiliates The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, 
you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.